0: I've seen its true face, and evil must be
1: punished. And it's time for Geekiest Show Ever, number two. I am Tim Robertson, the host. I'm joined in studio this week with Chad Perry. Hello, Chad Perry.
2: Hey, Tim. How's it going?
1: Chad Perry, for those who don't know, was a longtime co-host of the MyMac podcast, and Chad is the person that I went with to see the topic of this week's show Watchmen. We saw the Watchmen movie together. Yes, we did. We saw it on a Sunday in a pretty deserted theater. I don't know if that's any indication. I haven't seen the returns. I don't really care about the returns of the movie. I don't care mm-hmm. how much it makes or how much it lost. I don't care. I just want to be entertained. Right. And I, quite honestly, Chad, I like it when the the, the movie theater is almost deserted when I'm in there.
2: Yeah, I I kind of prefer that myself. I like to enjoy my movies and not have to worry about other people speaking, talking. And you all. know
1: how I am in a movie theater when people start getting loud.
2: Yeah, you get louder and you just yell at them.
1: I do. I do. I've embarrassed Chad a few times.
2: Yeah.
1: Turn around and I'm like, shut up! <laughs> <laughs> so, also on the show this week, David Cohen. Hello, David Cohen. Hello, hello. So, you saw Watchmen, I take it? I did. Okay, good. Because if you didn't, we'd have to kick you off the show, because, you know, it'd be well, no point. Well,
0: I could talk about the comic as well, but That's I did true. actually get, I did get to see the movie over the weekend, which I was um, very pleased about.
1: And, of course, uh, well, I shouldn't say of course, because he missed the inaugural episode. Guy Searle. Hello, Guy.
3: Hey, Tim. Hey, Chad. Hey, Dave. Hey, hey Guy. It's not, like, not like we haven't been talking for the last 15 minutes. <laughs> yeah,
1: I know. Exactly.
3: <laughs> but this show is going to be all about...
1: The movie Watchmen, the comic Watchmen, uh, and we'll probably go off on tangents like we like to do. And I'm going to give the, the audience members a warning right now. If you haven't seen the movie and you want to be surprised by the ending... Or anything else in the movie.
2: It's more than likely we'll throw out a spoiler or two while we're, we're discussing. It's
1: going to all be spoilers.
0: <laughs> yeah, in fact, in fact my, my brother tweeted me before before we started and said, oh, make sure you don't spoil the movie. And I said, uh, go and see the movie, then, then download listen. the podcast. Yes, mm-hmm. so
1: if you guys are listening to They all to die. Us, that's right, they all die. Everyone <laughs> dies. Even the director, it was <laughs> gruesome. Um, so if you guys are listening to us right now on the U stream, all of uh, five people right now, and you don't want to know what happens in Watchmen. I would suggest jumping off Ustream because we're going to give away everything in the movie and in the comic book. So, but you know, this is a story that's been out there for what twenty five years now.
3: Yeah. yeah, almost came out in eighty five.
1: Eighty five, yep. so fourteen years. Right? Uh, no, no twenty four years. years. Sorry, <laughs> yeah. stuck in the nineties, I guess. I'm stuck in the nineties. Stuck in the nineties. But you know, this was a seminal moment in comic book history. And I think anybody who's into comics at all have read The Watchmen at this point. And that's kind of why everyone was dying for this movie to be made. Uh, how would it be? What would it look like? But let's start. Do you guys want to start with the comic or the movie?
3: Let's start with Let, the comic.
1: You, guys, yeah. you want to start with the comic? Okay. Uh, when's yeah. the first time you you read The Comic, Guy? Was it when it first came out or was it later in trade paperback?
3: Oh uh, it was in the the trade paperback. I remember cuz at, at the time in, in 1985 1986 I was spending a lot of time traveling overseas. So I would be gone for, you know, 2 to 3 months and by the time I came back the whole Watchmen series had started and I wasn't it wasn't in, you know, my box for those that collect comic books. Know what I'm talking about? It's so a comic, I just it's a pull list. The, yeah. the store will set
1: back certain issues of comics that you mm-hmm. they know you want. That you set right. up a list, and then when you come in, there's all your comics waiting for you.
3: Exactly. Yep. So it, it it wasn't on my pull list, and um, I w- I was hearing a lot of buzz about it by the time uh, issues seven and eight came out. But by that time, uh, they pretty much had their their full complement of of you know the the original series as it came out, and I wasn't able to get any copies until the trade came out. Yeah, it was very expensive to buy back issues of the Watchmen.
1: Uh, I remember the first couple two or three issues were at the time for me was way expensive. I mean they're like ten, fifteen, twenty bucks because they didn't reprint them. And by the time I realized I wanted to read this series, financially it was pretty much too late for me. Yeah. Uh so if this came in what, eighty four you said? Or eighty six?
2: Eighty six. So 86. I was
1: sixteen years old. Um my money if I wasn't buying new comics was going for gas in my car and you know, mm-hmm. stuff like that. I, I didn't Condoms. have a lot of money. Exactly. Condoms. And I remember the buzz surrounding this, and I kept thinking, well, I'll pick it up later, the back issues, when they're more affordable. But in the meantime, I started picking up, you know, whatever issue it was. I think it was like issue four. Mm-hmm. And I bought them, but I didn't want to read them because I wanted to read the whole thing. Right. Which is really hard for me to do. I, it, there's a comic sitting there. I want to read it. But right. I kept hearing such wonderful things. I thought I'm gonna wait, and like you, guy, eventually just got the trade paperback. I think I forgot about going back and picking <laughs> them up, and I just ended up getting the trade. What about you, David? Did you read it in trade or comics when they came out?
0: I read it in trade. I only actually read it about three or four years ago, <laughs> really, for the first time. Yeah, and and the reason for that was that, um, you know, I'm I'm sort of I'm a sporadic comic reader. I don't, you know, I don't. Um, you know, I've never really had a comic store I go to where I get regular issues and that sort of thing. That was loud. So Sorry I do about tend, that to, you know, <laughs> I tend to, you know, I do tend to come across things and pick them up. Um, and I knew I'd known for an awful long time that you know probably the biggest thing in comics was The Watchmen. And uh, you know, if you're into comics, you should read The Watchmen. And I kept on seeing it floating around in bookstores and everything, but I just never got around to actually buying it and sitting down and read it. And uh, about three four years ago, a friend of mine had a copy of the trade, and he said. Um, uh, you know, he'd borrow it, take it, read it, and I, I, I just thought it was amazing. It really was. What, what about you, Chad? When's the first time you
2: read it? Actually, I started with the actual serial when Did it first you? came out because my brother and I both collected comic books, and then he, you know, we both kind of got out of the general comic books and uh, kind of went more towards the specialty ones. Right. Like Frank Miller's first series, Ronan, we had that, and then when Watchmen came out, we heard good things about it, so, you know, my brother picked it up, and I. Got through the first three or four issues, went to college, you know, never got a chance to finish reading it, and right. then, you know, three years later I had a roommate who'd had the trade the trade paperback edition and so I finished reading it and then borrowed it from you again last year. Yeah just I to remember. refresh yep. just to refresh me because it'd been so long since I'd read it. I mean I could remember the general gist of the story, but I just couldn't remember all the details. Yeah,
1: and, and this story is all about the details. Yeah. Yeah. very and, much so. And the funny thing is about the watch my comic you can read it once and really enjoy it, but it's on the second and third reading of it that you really start appreciating it even more because you see what a master writer he is. Alan, Mortimer, Alan yeah. Moore. is. He sets so much stuff up at the end of this comic that you don't even realize is right in front of you the whole time, right mm-hmm. at the beginning of the series. You don't realize how much he sets up. Um, of course... I think it was uh, Time Magazine. Somebody has this as, maybe it's the a Time Magazine.
2: Time. Time Magazine has it as one of the top 20 novels of the 20th century.
1: Yeah, and I have to yeah. agree. And they're not saying graphic novels. They're saying novels. Right. Yeah. And I think that's appropriate. This is, like I said at the beginning, a seminal piece of work that really did change the comic book industry, didn't it, Guy?
3: Oh, very much so. I think um, that comics on a whole... Were, you know, I don't want to say a dying art form in the mid-80s, but it was definitely going through a slump where all the, the major characters that everybody had known and loved for 10, 20, 50 years, it was pretty much the same old, same old. I mean, for example, let's look at Superman. This is a guy that was originally created, I think, in 1939. Yep. And they had had stories where, where he had actually moved planets. Okay. Yeah. How do how do you come up with a credible terrestrial threat <laughs> to a guy that can move planets? That's
1: always been the problem with Superman. I thought yeah. know, It was just too powerful.
2: Well, and, right. You know, let's let's think about what else was going on. I mean, the X Men was very popular at this time, and what Jean Grey was on her third reincarnation
0: as the Phoenix or something. I mean, that's yeah, what and, I and
3: a third nipple or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> let's keep and it I think.
0: <laughs> and that and that that's one of the things that, that Moore really did with Watchmen. He he basically really took it back to basics and said if super if superheroes were real or if people behaving as superheroes were real, what would it actually be like? And in fact, you know, it wouldn't be, you know, people worshipping them as, as these amazing, you know, paragons of virtue and the you know, truth, justice in the American way. He said they you know, he said real people with superpowers would be just as messed up as the rest of us and they would still have their agendas and still be manipulated and still have um you know their secrets and their flaws and all of that sort of thing and you know it will probably end up being a mess and that's exactly how he starts watchmen i mean right from the beginning he kind of lays that out for you and and it was just such a you know it's such a breath air compared to you know what? What comics? Mainstream what comics, comics, are, comics, yeah. Absolutely. Mainstream comics have always been, and of course now, now the way comics are today have been so massively influenced. I mean, you wouldn't have um, stories like uh, the Dark Knight Returns or anything like that. All that darkness and that depth that you get in comic books today—if it hadn't been for Watchmen, really, sort of making people reappraise the whole genre as something different.
1: Now that, that's yeah. not to say that the Watchmen was the first comic to do that. It was just the first comic to do that that got a lot of attention.
3: Right, Well, the first comic to really do it well.
1: Exactly. Exactly. I mean there was a lot of comics at the same, but was it really Watchmen or that did that because I remember back at, in 86 there was other comics that were very dark that treated the genre with the same type of respect that The Watchmen did. And well, for, one that I, comes I, for, to for mind. Example- Go ahead. The one that comes to mind for me is Vigilante. I mean this is a mm-hmm. a nine superpowered guy that he was a judge, his family is killed by mobsters, kinda a la the punisher. He becomes the vigilante. There's mysticism at the beginning of it, but it, it's they never really follow that up in the series. And uh he realizes what he's doing is wrong, he quits, other people take up the identity. In the meantime, the original vigilante basically loses his mind, uh picks up the mantle towards the end of the series is a true vigilante. In other words, you, you cross the street, he's going to blow you away. Mm -hmm. And the only way for this comic series to, to end right was at the last issue. He kills himself. He puts the the barrel of the gun in his mouth and he blows his brains out. That was very powerful. And I thought that that was one of the best comic series at the time that I regret. And that was around the same time the watchman was making a big splash. Mm -hmm. So, a lot of people say, "Well, it's because of Watchmen that comics kind of got their grittier, darker edge." I don't think so. I think it's just the one that became so popular that it gets all the credit for that.
3: Well, yeah. I was gonna, I was gonna bring up. Um, I don't know if you remember Nexus. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. That was that started off, I think, in Pacific Comics, and it went to Comico, and ended up at first. I mean, it went through like three or four different of these small publishers, and you know, I, I'm not gonna go into the whole story. But th- this was a similar type story where you've got a guy with all this power and he is being manipulated by outside forces to basically go out and kill people. And he doesn't really want to do it, but he has no choice.
1: Yeah. It, it's it's a theme that a lot of comic books picked up over the years, but Watchmen kind of took it to the next level. Now, a lot of the comics that are coming out right now... um are very much influential from the Watchmen. I would say probably Powers, um, th- kind of the Boys. What do you think, David? I know you're a Boys reader.
0: I, I, I think I think the Boys is, uh, you know, kind of the Watchmen taken to the 21st century level, yeah. you know. You know, the main guy um, is kind of uh,
1: Rorschach before he loses his mind. Exactly. And,
0: and, and um, you know, I, I think, I think, I mean, we're going to talk a little bit about the movie, but some of the things they've added to the movie in terms of the, of the fight scenes and everything, I think those in themselves have been influenced by stuff like The Boys, which is very, very gritty, very, very violent. Well, let's jump into um, the
1: movie then. Let, you know. let's, let's go ahead. Um, I don't necessarily want to really review the movie because I've only seen it once. And a movie of this magnitude, I personally want to see two or three times before I really, in my mind, say if I love it, I hate it, whatever. Mm-hmm. Right now, I liked it. But that being said, and the visuals of the movie was just unbelievable. I mean, yeah. it was fantastic. That being said, I I, I like the movie up to the end. Let me put it that way.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you did not like, like they changed the ending?
1: Well, you know, they made it very convoluted and not very realistic. And it left more questions than the movie answers. Um, I, because of the yeah. ending, it kind of, why did they have the whole Richard Nixon stuff in there?
0: Right. Um, it it, it kind of made it pointless. Um, well, I I I disagree. I I I felt the ending worked better than the original comic ending. Well, let's
1: talk. Let's uh, talk for a second. Let's let's give the ending away. And again, spoilers all throughout. And the comic. Well, book, is it,
0: would, yeah, would it be worth just talking a little bit about the story as a whole, right from the beginning? Sure. Okay. So the so the the, the basic setup of the Watchmen is there's a there's a, a superheroes have been outlawed. You know, in the in the sort the, the previous twenty, thirty years, set in a, a, an alternate reality. Right, and so there what, are no happen- supermen. I mean, yeah, well, no. There's, one, I, there's, there's, a, more, there's only one. Man. There's only one superhero, who tr- person with real superpowers right. in this. Everybody in this, else is in this gimmicks,
1: setting. or they're just tough guys.
0: They're, they're costumed heroes. Right. That's right. And some of them, are, you know, uh, the, certainly the, the, the guys we're talking about in, in this story are, are very good costumed superheroes. They're all, you know, very good fighters and very resourceful and all that sort of thing. But in the main, they are effectively, you know, just Human. guys with... Got, yeah, they're humans with with costumes on, um, and and the the setup is uh, is that the uh, you know costume costume heroes heroes were were very popular and there was a lot of them and there was some who were good and some who were flawed and that sort of thing, um, and basically the police went on strike because they didn't like the fact that they were competing with these vigilante costume superheroes, uh, and so uh, superheroes are outlawed, uh, and um, the all these guys have to effectively hang up their capes and retire. Um, and the only real superhero in the world, the only real uh, hero in the world, is is Doctor Manhattan, who is the only one with real powers. And his powers, which arise from a laboratory accident, are effectively godlike. He is, you know, quite literally capable of doing pretty much anything he wants and, and is capable of seeing time and space in a very different way than we do and consequently is becoming, um, you know, quite detached from reality. And he effectively is a government propaganda machine he's used to rebalance the nuclear balance and because of this the, the cold war has continued to heat up and is getting very tense uh, and into this story what happens is one of these ex-heroes is found murdered and uh, a, a costumed vid- vigilante uh, called Rorschach is who's, who's you know very moral but quite unbalanced is, is investigating the murder of his ex-colleague and kind of figures out what's going on. That's what happens over this story. No, he,
1: doesn't, he never really does yeah, figure out what's he going doesn't. on. He's, no, but he's he knows, he on knows, the he knows there's the something
0: time. up and he's trying to get to the end of it. And he brings effectively brings the, the old team back in, yes. trying to investigate mm-hmm. what's going on. And they kind of well, that's, end that's up not, stumbling that's not quite, through to it. That's,
1: that's, that's not really that, true either, though. He never brings yeah. the team together.
3: Yeah, he he's basically going around and he's trying to warn all the rest of, <sighs> of the tired heroes that, in his in his opinion... opinion Someone is sh- shooting for masks.
1: Yeah, and yeah. masks being the, the superheroes, the even though they're not super.
3: <laughs> yeah,
1: the um, heroes. The heroes. But he, and
0: but and but he's, he, wrong, he's kind, Yeah, but he's kind of the, the linchpin of the story in that everything revolves around his actions. His actions kind of drive the story through to its ultimate conclusion.
1: But really, the story is more about Night Owl, that character. That's really the central character in the movie. Even though it's not the central character in the comic, in the comic it's no. definitely Rorschach's story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, with a lot of Doctor Manhattan, Night yeah. Owl, Dan kind of plays more of a supporting role. Right, he brings the the everyday person, human element to the story because he's, he's really kind of like- the only normal person in the entire book. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, cause, cause yeah. well, at
3: least at least one with the with the least amount of neuroses. It, absolutely, right. and
1: if you look at the characters, uh, Doctor Manhattan is pretty much just the opposite of everything. He, he's this completely detached from reality. They got well, that right. Now, in the I, movie. I
3: wouldn't say mm-hmm. I wouldn't say he's detached from reality. He's actually so too humanity into reality that no, humanity. Yeah, he's, he's detached from humanity. Yeah, right. I would agree mm-hmm. with that.
1: And then the uh, Silk Specter, who uh, there's some
3: there's some father issues. Yeah,
1: there's some daddy issues with her. <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: Well, <laughs> you know, not, not just daddy, but mama issues that's mama one, issues that's too that's thing that yeah. didn't get played up enough in the movie it's no in
1: fact they completely changed so yeah. the 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 original silk specter right that character in the comic book she's basically living an almost an, in an a nursing old, home old woman yeah, yeah. She's, she's still living in her own house but she's an old woman she's not attractive at all anymore mm-hmm. and the only thing she has going for her are her memories of what life used to be right. like and she tries to live that a little bit vicariously through her daughter.
2: Mm-hmm. Right. She Laurie. she
1: set her daughter up to basically take over for her. Right. In the movie, she plays. I don't know. She's more of a a, a socialized more like an aging fashion Yeah, an aging starlet,
3: yeah. an and, and, aging and, starlet. It, and it doesn't work. And it at doesn't all for work. Me. No, no, that doesn't work.
1: It does not even a little bit. So you lose that entire story with her. Right. I mean, it, it's completely wiped away. So you have Manhattan, who's. A, a space case, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, Headquarters. Yeah. Uh, the Silk Spectre, who's got daddy issues and she just wants to be loved. That's mm-hmm. really what her character comes down to. She's very insecure and she wants to be loved. Mm-hmm. Then you have Dan, who's he misses the old days. He's bored. Mm-hmm. And he relives his old days with his mentor, the guy who was the Night Owl before him. Right, the original Night Owl. Yeah, yeah. He, he has no personal life to speak of. He doesn't mm-hmm. have a girlfriend, he doesn't have any friends. He, he doesn't deal
2: with Hollis Mason at his garage, and
1: that's yeah, about it. And that's about <laughs> that's right. it. And they reminisce, and and,
0: he, and he's and he's kept all of his. Uh, I mean, he's effectively a Batman-style character with you know mm-hmm. lots of tech, and he has everything in working order, sat in his basement. <coughs> yeah, no, you know, he still nothing.
1: tinker's with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. but he doesn't, and they don't even play that up in the movie. In the comic yeah. book, you get the impression that you know he's kept everything in working order because that is his passion. Well, mm-hmm.
3: now I, I kind of disagree with that because if you remember the scene in the comic book. When Rorschach first comes in to warn him about the mass killer, they go downstairs. Rorschach is, is talking about how much dust there is on everything, like, like Dan yeah, hadn't been down in a long yeah, time. Right.
1: But, you know, everything is still working perfectly. Yeah, everything
3: still does work.
1: Yes. and then, uh, it, But in the movie, you don't really get that impression that Dan is really obsessed with being the night owl and, and the last 20 years being denied being able to do that. Mm-hmm. You don't get the impression of his obsession with his past. And his really, his loneliness now in his mm-hmm. present, that Very he has nothing. You, yeah. don't, you don't really get that in the movie at all. Rorschach is, I think, the one character like, was that's nailed. consistent. Yeah. It's, it, he's yeah. the same character in the book as he is in the, in the movie. Yeah. And honestly, he steals the show doesn't he? I mean,
0: Oh, Oh, absolutely. uh, You know, for for me, even in, even in the book, I thought he was uh, quite literally a standout character. I mean, truly, truly amazing Mm -hmm. in terms of cutting to the heart of what, you know, what a hero really should be in terms of, you no know... No compromise. Uh, uh, no compromise, no, you know... Um, no matter what the un- consequences. Uh, exactly. Unrelenting, completely selfless in, 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 in the fact that, he, you know, he's a product of, of his back- background and upbringing, and he's made decisions that have brought him to the point where he, he wears this, fa- this face, and, you know, he, he basically... He, he, the, the, the superhero is him. Yeah, the hero well, is well, him, so much he, so that Rorschach. he can't...
3: He, yeah, he he's can't not cope
0: he's not the person not, anymore. Yeah. yeah, he's not Harvey he can't cope with having the mask off. Yes. Yeah. You know, well, he, well, now,
3: you now, know, one one thing that 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 I felt that they didn't really capture in the movie that was in in the comic I know where you're going. as far as Rorschach goes was you know, you want to talk about somebody that's detached. You know, if, if as you read what it is that he's writing in his journal and his way of speaking and the way that he's interacting with people outside of being Rorschach No emotion, no facial expressions, and you don't really see that in the movie. Because it's the only time you really see him without a mask is either in the background or after he gets arrested. Right, when he's walking by
1: with the world is about to end sign. Mm -hmm. Right. Or when he's in prison. Even though, I I will say though, when he's in prison, you still don't see very much emotion except for when he's talking to the psychiatrist. Mm -hmm. And in the comic book, he never... He he relayed the story,
3: right? Well, let's let's talk about that now. Right. There there were a lot of characters in the comic book that I mean, let's face it. Unless this was going to be a, a twelve episode mini series on HBO, there really just wasn't time right to 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 deal with with all of the backstory and and all of the the, the relatively minor characters that still made up this very very rich universe for yeah, example the psychiatrist's wife mm-hmm. well the psychiatrist's wife and and the scenes with the psychiatrist don't, i mean basically the scene with the psychiatrist in the movie takes place over what a couple of hours including the riot whereas in the book it's a couple of weeks c- it's a couple of weeks yes oh, yeah and you see and,
1: and you see the neurosis that the psychiatrist the, has well, only because of his hanging around and talking to Rorschach, Rorschach yeah. that it really affects him. Mm-hmm. That he starts seeing stuff that he never really noticed before, but and it, it bothers still there. him.
3: He knew about those things, but chose not to see them. Yeah. Which which comes out in the comic book, but doesn't really come out in the movie. Mostly just because of lack of time. Also, the the character of the newsman right. that has the newsstand. Mm-hmm and and the little kid who's sitting up against the uh, it's not a fire plug it, it's a, like a charging station yeah. for these electric cars that the newspaper um, stand right right and and the, this kid is reading the the pirate story which is which is a yeah. metaphor that you know the pirate mm. story itself, which is in the book, is kind of a metaphor, and there's lots of hints in that pirate book to what's going to happen later. They yeah. Have,
0: they yeah. yeah, they have done they have done the tales of the Black Freighter. So they have they have done it as a comic as a as a cartoon, and um, that will be on the DVD release. I, I'm kind of looking forward to that so, because it does yeah.
3: add to the story. It's very you, good did, foreshadowing. Oh. Did you guys see the uh, the DC Comics uh, motion cartoon? You know, that they I did? watched
1: I worked, I watched about ten minutes of the first one, and it was just really boring to me. Uh, I think it was a narration that I didn't like. I was like,
3: ugh. It, it just uh, I did. It didn't do it for me at all. But it does really, really follow the, the the story in the book very, very closely, including the pirate stuff.
1: Yes, but it doesn't get into the excerpts from under the hood. No, that would be kind of tough to do. It would. But see, that's why I think the comic is such a superior platform for this story. And I completely understand why Alan Moore didn't want this thing to be, you know, what it is. I, uh, for instance, one yeah. of the things that really stuck out in my mind after probably my first reading of the the comic, and this is kind of funny, the first time I read through the comic, I skipped all that stuff. I was like, oh, yeah. I don't care about that. I just yeah, want to read too. the comic book. Then the second time I went through, and I actually read that, and the excerpts from the Under the Hood book is some of the very best stuff in that. Yeah. Uh, when he's talking about how the, the guy who owned the garage when he was growing up finds out his wife's cheating on him, mm-hmm. he comes right. out with the fake bosoms on, and he's like, you know, so-and-so's had cornal knowledge of my wife, and he's right. crying. And I mean, he paints such a great picture with just the text. And you're like, oh my god! I totally understand. You know, it puts mm-hmm. it all into context. You understand right. this world. The characters become more real. Uh, of course, the original Night Owl is killed by a gang. Right, not heads The nutheads. That's not in the movie at all. Right. Uh, which I, was I thought sad, was a I, I,
0: I think that. I think they. They again, they filmed that, but they had to cut it because uh, it, they were over long.
1: Chad and I talked about well, that, and and yeah, the scene but, in the bar where Rorschach's right, doing exactly. that. You see the one guy sitting there. And he's getting very nervous Mm -hmm. while Rorschach's interrogating the other guy, and Night Owl is back there next to that guy. And I said to Chad, "Yeah, I I said to Chad, I go, I bet that's going to be an extended scene on the DVD Mm -hmm. because it adds a lot to the plot, to the movie, to the to the character of Night Owl that he's kind of this, I don't want to say happy go lucky, but kind of naive guy until his mentor is killed, Mm -hmm. and then you get to see Dan." Get really pissed, pissed. Yeah. and really you see pissed. Rorschach. He's like, "Oh shit!"
2: <laughs> yeah, he, he becomes the balancing factor. For yeah, man, which, which is, when you
1: think yeah. Rorschach is now the balancing factor, you know, you're like, "Holy yeah, you crap!" Got, you got
3: to be kind of kind of kind of scared at that point. Yeah,
1: and because he goes, "Oh, that one of my problems was in the hey, in do the you know counter-
3: how much power I have in that ship." Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> I can level this whole block, all. <laughs> uh, and you don't get any of that in the movie, of course. Uh, at least in the theatrical release. We'll see about the, the extras and stuff. Right. But one of the things that really kind of bothered me was that in the comic book, they wear costumes that are made out of cloth. So you could tell Dan is kind of chubby. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I call it the Tim Robertson or the Chad Perry figure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> I, in the...
3: I, I like to think of it as being Rubenesque.
1: Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> And so, you, you, when he goes off and, and beats the crap out of someone, it's more impressive because he's not in shape. In
3: great shape. Right in,
1: in the alley scene where him and Laurie beat the crap out of the muggers or the would-be rapists or whatever they, mm-hmm. they're going to do, they're wore out. They're tired afterwards because mm-hmm. you know they're, they're out of shape. Yeah. Whereas in the comic book or in the movie, you don't get that at all. Mm-hmm. These guys are in great shape still. Uh, yeah. When they put on the costumes, it's very rubbery Batman-looking outfit.
0: Mm-hmm. But I, I get again, well, I, 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 yeah, I understand that. That was that that was made quite deliberate. Yeah, um, and, but yeah, I disagree
1: went, with that because with the decision, I should say I, I disagree with that decision because you don't get the impression when he puts on the
2: costume, Night Owl, that he's been out of the game for a long time. Yeah, that yeah. he's out of yeah.
1: shape. That you know he he can't go toe to toe like he used to be able mm-hmm. to.
0: But I. I, I I guess, you know, those are some of the stylistic decisions that were made. They, I mean, they, right. they, they've clearly decided to try and echo some of the other superhero <laughs> movies in right. some of the decisions mm-hmm. they've made in in the way they've portrayed the characters in the movie. Now, here's, uh, a, a,
1: here, here's something that bothered me. And I almost asked you about it, Chad, because I was a little confused. Mm-hmm. When they're showing the origin of Rorschach going from kind of the hero guy to the dark character he becomes. Mm-hmm. In the scene where he he's chasing down the girl, the guy who killed the little girl. Yeah, the molester. Yeah. And you, you assume that he molested her and then mm-hmm. killed her. In the comic book, he finds the guy, uh, handcuffs him, mm-hmm. puts the saw just out of reach, mm-hmm. or no, gives him the saw, and says, you know, the only way you're going to get out of here is to cut off your own arm. Mm-hmm. You're not, you're not going to have enough time to cut through the chain. And basically sets a bomb and everything's going to explode. Yeah. That's not well, what he does in the... He, he go,
3: sets the house on fire. Yes, yeah, that's
1: what it was. He sets the yeah. house on fire. So mm-hmm. the only way this guy's going to get out is if he chops his own arm off. And he knows the guy's not going to do that because the mm-hmm. guy, at his heart, is a coward. Right. So in the movie, though, it's totally a different scene.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, not only is it more gruesome in that you see the little girls... You never see the little girls... No. ...lay. And that's
2: what made it so, so horrible horrifying in the, in comic, the comic book, book right? Right, because it leaves it to your imagination. imagination, yeah. Right,
1: it's it's like a stripper. If you see a stripper completely naked, it kind of takes away a lot of the tease. If you see right. her just with a little bit of clothes on, that's more appealing because of right. your yeah, imagination when that happens. Yeah. <laughs> but in Anyways. in the comic book, he, he leaves it to your imagination of what this guy did, the brutality that he put this little girl through. Mm-hmm. In the movie, they leave nothing to the imagination. Those right. German shepherds are gnawing on her leg that yeah. still has.
2: A shoe on it. a shoe, shoe and on a sock, yeah. mm-hmm.
1: and it's just like you're like, oh my god, that's mm-hmm. horrible. And then he bludgeons the guy with an axe to mm-hmm. death. Well,
2: actually, a cleaver it takes a, a cleaver, cleaver. That's yeah, right. yeah, yeah, beat cleaver. It uh, takes
1: right. it to a skull many times. Yeah, I don't know if that made it a better scene or he just was going for this. Why wow, wouldn't it be cool if you know he takes a hacksaw to this guy and kills him?
3: Well, you know, you want well, to know what I, I, th- I think that it was. It was more just to keep. The, the The story moving along, yeah. that you know it, instead of having this five minute scene where he handcuffs the guy and he 's spreading out gasoline or whatever it was that around there and setting it down on fire, he basically just listens to this guy whine a little bit and says uh, you know what you 're just not worth keeping alive anymore and gets him in the head with the uh, with the cleaver yeah but I really know, need I to know, sh- I, go ahead
1: Chad. i think
0: i think as I think as well what they were trying to do is they were trying to um you know. We clearly say to the audience, look, this guy is completely uncompromising. If he thinks you're a bad guy, then, you, then he's going to take you down. Up until that point in the movie, that had been alluded to... But it, you know, it hadn't been uh, directly stated that effectively, yeah. you know, that's what Rorsch, that that was that was the reason Rorschach was killing underground vigilante was because he was killing bad but guys. He, they they made it well, seem
1: like he was more psychotic than
2: anything. Well, else. and I think that was why well, they did it the way they did is try to demonstrate the reality break a little more dramatically. But to me, I think in the comic book, it's it demonstrates it's much more effective. Yeah, in and, the and, comic. It, and yeah. it demonstrates that the fact that he does have a kind of a sadistic tendency towards criminals, but he doesn't yeah.
3: outright
1: kill the guy, right? He no. gives the guy the choice in the comic book. The only yeah. way to to free yourself is to cut your arm off. Mm-hmm. That's the only way you're going to free yourself and live in time. Right? He but doesn't I, I give guess the if, criminal if, that that option in in the movie. He kills him. Right. And that's a but, there's a big difference between the two.
0: But, but I, I guess that that's that's unfortunately that's the compromise that if you go from you know a, a long graphic novel or comic form to you know a two and a half hour movie. You know, I mean, by today's standards, it was still a long movie, even though it, it cut, cut quite a lot away. You know, you, you, you lose all the subtlety. It's, it, it, it does become a very much, you know, um, you know, very much a bolder, more colorful thing without much of the nuance that, that, that you know, that the comic mm-hmm. book had. And unfortunately, right. that's the compromise you make. And but um, it seems to me I, that I mean, he, to-
1: he went – and it wasn't just that scene that he changed for the gore factor. Look at the same – Thing that happened with the guy who gets handcuffed, or his his fingers get tied together at Rorschach's cell, right? Yeah, you know, in in that scene, they didn't cut the guy's arm off Mm -hmm. in the comic book. They they made it that so gruesome in the movie, and it's like, was that really necessary? Well, well, now in the comic book, in the
3: comic book, you don't really get to see what it is they do. You just see Rorschach standing there with a blank expression on his face as he's hit by this wave of blood from mm-hmm. this guy where they did whatever it was they had to do to get him away from the cell. No, they cut right through the guy yeah. with the blowtorch right. in the comics. And in, in the
1: the movie, they cut the guy's arms off. And yeah. there's well, actually, a big that was, difference. That was,
3: that was probably a little more, um, a little more effective. I agree, <laughs> but, but I, it
1: seems to me that he went for the gore factor at every turn rather than mm. not. Uh, In in the comic book, when Dr. Manhattan kills someone, there's a big flash of blue light, little dots, and the person's just gone. And there's something on the ground that's Mm -hmm. a burn Uh, mark or ash or whatever. The guy's just gone. It's indistinct. In the the movie, what's he do? He blows people up, especially Mm -hmm. those criminals where the skeleton and the arm is hanging off the ceiling and Mm -hmm. it's just gore. Yeah. That really wasn't necessary. And it Mm -hmm. seems to me that the director this time around in this movie went for the gore factor at every possible Mm -hmm. instant. He he never went so Well
2: even yeah and even the fight scene in the alleyway was you know where they breaking bones compound fractures poking out your yeah.
1: Yeah, and they didn't they didn't that was a lot more brutal, at least for those two characters, Dan and Laurie. Mm -hmm. In the comic book they beat the guys up and they got bloody noses afterwards, but Mm -hmm. the guys weren't, you know, traumatized so bad that they're gonna be cripples afterwards.
3: Yeah, well, you also remember that in the in that same alley scene, when the one guy start and, and you know they they do that that slow motion. Here comes the gun around like this, right? And they, he grabs the guy that he just punched in the face or whatever, and it's basically <coughs> using him as a shield, right. against this guy that, that's mm-hmm. shooting the gun. And the same thing with the uh, with the attempted assassination. Yeah, he of kills Coca. He
1: uses yeah. Lee Iacocca as a shield, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> right, and, and Lee Iacocca gets his brains blown out. Yeah. In the comic book, the, the assassin shoots at him, Mm-hmm.
3: and I, did, he caught the bullet, didn't he? No, no, no. What, what no. In, in the comic book? It was. It wasn't. Ozymandias and all of these other business right. big breaks, it was breaks. just it would yeah. no, it was just Ozymandias and his secretary coming mm-hmm. out of the elevator. Yep. The guy the guy shows up with the gun That's right. and the first shot kills the secretary. He manages mm-hmm. to evade when the guy fires like two more shots. That's right. And then he takes then, him down. And then, mm-hmm. and then takes him down with the ashtray. Yeah. Yep. And then yep. and at that point in the comic book, you know. There were already subtle hints, you know, that you don't realize until you've read the whole story. That Ozymandias is, is is the guy that's behind all this, because at this point in the comic book, you essentially, you know, if you're just reading it for the first time, you're you're, you're looking at this scene and saying, okay, he's no longer a suspect because somebody right. just tried to kill him. Right. And when it
1: gives, all- and it also helps him put more. Um, truth into what Rorschach's been saying the whole time.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I was I've got to admit I was most disappointed in the movie by the way they dealt with uh, Ozymandias. I think I thought he was so poorly sketched out in that script Absolutely. that yeah. it actually it actually completely weakened the the ending because you know it was difficult to get. Um, any know, kind to, of hold
3: on the character? Yeah. Well,
0: yeah, but, and because you didn't have any hold on him, they you couldn't, no you couldn't really story, feel story. you couldn't you couldn't feel for the for the betrayal. How exactly. can you empathize right. with the betrayal of the other members of the team? You know, when this guy's betrayed them and betrayed everything that, that they believe in. When in fact you know very so very little about him. Yeah, and mm-hmm. and also as well, it 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 really jarred for me. And it, it, even in the comic, it jarred for me a little bit. The fact that, um, you know, he was so much better than the rest of them in yes. terms of in terms of his abilities. You know, and, in the, and particularly in the movie, the, the, the final sequence where uh, Rorschach and Night Owl are trying to take him down, and, you know, they've been kicking <coughs> ass all the way through. Yeah, and they can't yeah, lay a yeah, hand on him Everybody they come up with, and they can't even touch him, mm-hmm. you know. And, um, and it just it's just like, you know, it, this, this kind of just make, it makes it look weak because it makes it look like they just cocked it out. Exactly. But all of a sudden they well, can't beat this guy. That
1: goes to the point of the ending of the movie for me. And... Let's get to the ending here. We can go back to well, the rest of the yeah, stuff because okay. I th- this, this I is thought, really bothering me.
0: Yeah. And, I, well, I thought the I thought the choice of 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 using um, instead of using the what the comic used, which was launching some, the psycho monster on New York. I yep. thought instead using um, the technology the technology subplot um, and pinning the blame on on Manhattan. I thought as a, as a concept that was a much stronger ending than, I, than I, the comic. I totally I th-
1: disagree. You do, Mm-hmm. absolutely. I don't, I, don't,
2: I don't know. I'm on the fence because I kind of think if you pull it off right, it actually makes for a more interesting story and makes the the betrayal of Ozymandias that much deeper. You know, not only has he you know pulled it over on all all the Watchmen, but he's also framed one of them. Exactly. Yeah, but here's my
1: problem with that. So the the, the premise of the movie is he sets. Dr. Manhattan up as the ultimate bad guy, that Dr. Manhattan Mm -hmm. kills millions of people by attacking different cities the world over, right? Mm -hmm. You don't really get the idea of the damage that he really did to the world in the movie. Right. Um, And it also sets up why wouldn't the, the rest of the world still be pissed off at the United States because they can't was, control it. Was their their guy. One, it's their yeah. guy. Yeah. This was the superhuman is alive or real and he's American. American. And yeah. he was America's biggest deterrent mm-hmm. up to this point. And all of a sudden America can't control this thing mm-hmm. and it kills millions of people. Yes, it kills some Americans too, but it kills mm-hmm. all these people in these other countries. Why aren't these other countries then... Super pissed off at the United States. There's well, no sympathy think, for the United States because they lost people themselves. They're pissed no, off. No, no. But
0: the the, but the premise is that is that everyone because because effectively they 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 set Manhattan up as almost as a godlike figure. Right. That he. Um, you never the, know if he's still watching. The is, is not, Yeah. The premise is that, is that nobody would ever dare make war on anyone else because they've no idea when he might come back. So United Front needs to be better.
1: Yeah, but uh, that's weak to me, and that there's a weak. lot of plot holes in that theory.
2: Right. And it's not. And, and I agree that. You know, to some, I mean, I agree that to some extent its it doesn't bring the world together as strongly as having the psycho monster drop in the middle of a Manhattan that no one could stop and that Dr. Manhattan couldn't even foresee it coming. Right. And all of a sudden it's there, and my God, what are we going to do about it?
1: Yep. Um, it, it, the original ending, for those who have never read the comic book, and shame on you, <laughs> is that <laughs> they create this monster... With um, all these scientists, Ozymandias creates the monster. Ozymandias. Well, creates... his
3: parent, yeah, his parent company. And remember, right. that- on the secret island. Yep. Right now, the brain inside of this thing was supposed to be like a cloned brain of this like super psychic. Right.
1: right. And here's the here's the thing though, because of the different technologies that he developed to create this monster, it gives a reason why this weird cat is in the comic, because Which the genetic was, yeah, research... There was, there was
2: no reason for Bombasta right. to be in... In
1: the movie, you're like, why world. is there this weird frickin' cat there? Mm-hmm. Because that's yeah. never explained, and it doesn't make any mm-hmm. sense, because in the movie plotline, he never invested in all this kind of right. genetic manipulation.
3: No, it was, it was all about creating some free source of energy.
1: Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. the cat makes no sense. They should have left it out if they were going to go this route. Um, in the movie... You just see this big hole in New York, right? Mm-hmm. They get to New York. There's just a big hole, and they're like, oh, my God, this is horrible. we got to go see what's going on. I And then yeah. they go up there. In the comic book, Laurie and Dr. Manhattan materialize in New York. Right, and, and there's, there's not
3: this, really that much damage.
1: No, no, not really. But there's just millions dead of people just everywhere, bodies yeah. everywhere, and they're stepping over dead bodies. And mm-hmm. you get the impression that... It's just mass carnage. All these people are dead, and there's this great big alien thing that's spread out through half of a couple blocks. And And they just went out for Chinese. Right, and it's just horrible. It's Mm -hmm. just horrible, and you get the magnitude. You understand the magnitude of what he's done.
3: Mm
1: -hmm. As compared
3: to just a big explosion. Yeah, just a big
1: hole in the ground. It's much more powerful in the comic book, much more powerful. Because Mm -hmm. if you read the comic book, the very beginning of issue 12, the last issue, has dead bodies just like hanging yeah, off sidewalks yeah. and right, right I mean, there it's, in
3: front of Madison Square Garden.
1: Right, and it's just horrible. You're like, oh my god! And you turn the page, and you turn another page, and you turn another page, and it's nothing but blood and gore, and it's just right. horrible. Which and, you didn't it, see it, it, much blood and gore to, in mm-hmm. through the rest of the series, not really.
2: Well, and you don't. Yeah, yeah. You also lose the horror of the fact that the people that weren't immediately killed a good uh, uh, deal went crazy. Went crazy because yeah. of the sci- psychic, psychic. Yeah.
3: backlash.
1: Yeah, and so. And, and, what and let's, let's remember is the as well that you
3: don't you don't even really see the monster in the twelve issue until you're like three or four pages into it. Right. All you see yeah. are like these Bodies. tentacles, these mm-hmm. tentacles that are are kind of off to one side. And you're not really sure what that is mm-hmm. until you get to the reveal page. It's like three or four pages in, and you see the face and you see the tentacles of this thing, and it's it's clearly inhuman. You know this this right. you and, know and, and, and this the whole gets- point and then, of what ahead. they were trying to do. Was, you know, Ozymandias was trying to make it seem like there's an alien threat. There's this outside force that's going to attack the Earth unless we unite and blah 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 blah. And that,
1: David, is why I think the comic book ending is stronger because it gives the human the humans of the entire planet a reason to band together. Right, and that's because there's an external threat that's more powerful than they can imagine. And it's already killed millions of people in New York. Whereas the Dr. Manhattan thing, it just doesn't work for me because there was no external threat. It was Dr. Manhattan. And he well, went crazy. Yeah,
0: but he, he I mean, effectively, they turned him into the alien bad guy. I know. And that, it doesn't I, I, I think the well. reason they they chose that is because to to you know as you just said over the, many pages of the comic they managed to bring out the horror of the psycho monster. I don't think they ever could have done that effectively on screen. I, I think, oh, they could have. I, I think I, that, I think you very well. could I, I think could, if you
3: had uh, added
1: five minutes to that movie, mm-hmm. they could have done it. Yeah. Well, easily.
0: Yeah.
3: Well,
0: but, they, know, but I, instead I, of spending I, I felt, more
1: time on the story, it, can and, can, and, can yeah. I
3: say something else about the ending here? Sure. Now the way that the movie ends of course is you've got you've got uh, Hong Kong, you've got Moscow, you've got New York and a couple of other cities around the world that supposedly are blown up by Dr. Manhattan. Yeah. And you know my whole question is you know whether or not that you know it, there's this massive explosion and they meet, right after the explosion happens they cut to Nixon who was who was not a good Nixon. And he's and he's surrounded by his advisors, and they're telling him that oh yeah, this explosion was caused by Doctor Manhattan. Okay, number one, how do they know that? You know, how do you distinguish uh, well, an explosion he- like this from a nuclear explosion? Now, the second thing is, and then I'll shut up. Is the United States? You know, all right, we'll all bend reality a little bit and say, okay, they were able to tell that it was it was an explosion like the type that Doctor Manhattan could. <laughs> But, however, the other nuclear powers would have had no idea what it was, and the nukes would have been flying.
1: Right. Yeah, because as soon as they're attacked, you've got to remember, the world was on the brink of World War III. Anyway. Anyways, yeah. And, and setting all these explosions off worldwide would have frayed nerves immediately. They wouldn't yeah. have all stopped and went, wow, oh, that what? was Dr. Manhattan.
0: No. We better not
1: do anything, because, boy, he might get even more mad and really come after us. just, just doesn't work for me. The, you're telling me at least one country would have just gone ape shit and launched right. their missiles?
3: Doctor, Manhattan right. is coming to town.
1: In the comic book, it happens to one place, the United States. Right. And it's obvious immediately that it's an alien presence. It's something from somewhere else. And you know it's a uniting type of event, kind of like nine eleven. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's kind of eerie that you think about what happened on nine eleven and immediately afterwards was very reminiscent of the original Watchmen comic, in that something happens in New York, mm-hmm. a, a cataclysmic event, and the entire world kind of stops and gives support and sympathy to mm-hmm. one country. That's exactly what happened in in your in your you get this much more in the comic book where he's still watching all these TVs when the reports start coming in. Mm -hmm. And Moscow was saying, you know, oh, we're going to send aid and Mm -hmm. our condolences. And and he's like, I did it! I did it! And you realize he did do it. Mm -hmm. His plan worked and he united the world. You don't get that at all in the movie. There's none of that.
2: right? Well, yeah. Because I think in the in the movie, they spent a little more time trying to convince Doctor Man. Trying, he spent a little more time trying to convince Doctor Manhattan that what he did was right. Exactly. And I think in the comic book, it became you know for Manhattan was very apparent what had happened. He was like,
1: Oh, okay, I get it.
2: I get it. And there's not you know, okay, I'm off to create life in another galaxy somewhere. Right, I'm done right. with this. But
1: it, it, yeah, <laughs> when when uh, another part of the ending that really bothered me was how Rorschach died. Now in the comic book, Lori is so freaked out. By seeing all the dead bodies, that she needs love and comfort right then. Mm-hmm. Right. And of course, Dan, his ultimate goal is to be the big hero, right. and to get the cheerleader at the end, and that's mm-hmm. exactly what happens to Dan right. in this story. He's kind of the hero, mm-hmm. and he gets the cheerleader. And so right. Dan's ending in the Watchmen mm-hmm. comic is he's making love next to the big glistening pool to Laurie, mm-hmm. right. Whereas Rorschach is like, nope, no compromise. You know, I have to tell the truth. I'm not going to cover this up, Mm -hmm. regardless of what the consequences is. I'm telling the truth, Mm -hmm. and he leaves to go do that. Doctor Manhattan says, "You know, this is a good plan." Outside, he says, "This is a good plan." Blah blah blah. Mm -hmm. He goes out and stops Rorschach. Rorschach dies by himself at the hands Mm -hmm. of Doctor Manhattan.
2: Right.
0: Yeah.
1: In the movie, you get the whole scene with Darth Vader running out with no. That was uh, I was so disappointed in that mm-hmm. because in in, I don't know why, but to me it kind of cheapens that the, moment. The you know, uh, yeah that yeah. Rorschach is by himself in this decision. Mm-hmm. He is going to walk from the Antarctic mm-hmm. back to civilization. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> if to he has tell to. the truth, yeah. if he has to, because that's his principles. Mm-hmm. And Doctor Manhattan stops him, kills him. Mm-hmm. And he's all by himself when it happens, while Dan's off getting his rocks off. Mm-hmm.
2: Right? Right.
1: In the movie, you don't get that at all. He, he follows him out. He's like, no! It's, mm-hmm. I hated it. I hated that part. Yeah, that I, was weak. I was like, come on. It, you took away... Number one, in the comic book, Dan goes along with the plan. Because mm-hmm. he realizes he has no choice, and it's right. for the betterment of humankind. Mm-hmm. You don't get the to the point where Dan comes to that conclusion in the movie at all. Right. In fact, at the end, you're still wondering, will Dan and Lori actually spill the beans, beans. on what right. happens? Right. That's – you never well, know. Well, I,
3: I, I didn't see that. I, I, you know, I, I, got the feel, I got the impression that they were going to go along with it, that they were going to keep their mouth shut because they were kind of morally in check, which is one of the themes of the comic book. But having, having the scene with Rorschach, with, with Dan and, um, <coughs> and Laurie standing in the background – was completely unnecessary.
1: Exactly, and it was. just yeah. I, I think it cheapened Rorschach stuff. Let's talk about the music in the film for a minute, guys. Good um, point. Yep. Last show we talked about uh, a little bit, David, themes and music yeah. and and soundtracks, and we kind of compared Armageddon, which really didn't have its original music; it kind of mm-hmm. used the pop score of the day, mm-hmm. and uh, ID four, which had this. Psh, I still say is brilliant theme music. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was just great. The Watchmen is neither.
2: Right. It they always, have they very classic,
1: but they have no theme. Right. It was very pop music of the times mm-hmm. when they're showing it. I thought the opening montage to establish that this is a different world than mm-hmm. we live in, that, that we've always had these heroes, right. and right. the types of music that they're playing mm-hmm. to showcase that, I thought that worked brilliant.
2: I I, and, I totally agree. I thought, it was for one, it was a great tune, the Bob Dylan tune, to have. Absolutely. Two, a lot of some of the discussion that was in the under the hood segments from the comic book yep. is demonstrated there. Like yeah. With the, uh, oh. Dollar Bill. Dollar Dollar bill, bill. Moth right. Man. Mothman. Yep. Um,
1: yeah. The silhouette. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So you, you actually get to mm-hmm. see it. And uh, I, the whole lesbian thing kind of surprised me. I was like, I don't even remember that in the story ha- very good.
3: Well, it was it was alluded to in the comic. It book. It was alluded right, to but, in the comic book, but yeah. there's no illusion. <laughs> oh, no, no. I mean, they take they take the whole iconic picture of you know the the navy guy kissing the girl in the street, and they switch it all around. Yeah, exactly. In the
0: silhouette, they brilliant. That, that whole montage, you know, set to "The Times They Are a Changing." Um, you know, it really is – I thought it it worked very strongly as a way of saying, you know, this is an alternate reality. This is how things could have been. Um, you know, I, I thought it was very cleverly done, and I mm-hmm. thought their use of music throughout the film, they didn't use, uh, you know, Any 80s pop- music no. or no. Yeah. 70s music or 90s music or current music. Mm-hmm. They, they just really took music just that that, you know, from – from the, you know, it was it, a lot of it was older music, but it, you know, it just fitted the scenes so well. I thought, I thought the soundtrack was extremely strong.
1: Do you think it would have been better though, had they had this grand orchestra? No. Do you think it would have added anything to the movie?
0: I don't think no, so. No, because that's because that's been. The, I mean, you talk about. Uh, Watchmen changing the comic genre. I, I think if they'd have done that for this movie, then that would have been like every other superhero movie. You know, Spider-Man has his theme, Superman has his theme. If they'd have done that, then it would have been a Watchmen theme. I, don't, I think that would have completely gone against the tone of what this was trying to do, which again was is you know, it's trying to uh, depict a story where it's, it's, it's almost anti-superhero. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, I, I think that would have been a mistake to have a big bombastic orchestral theme.
1: Yeah, I, now, I'm, before, I'm kind of on the we, fence. I, I I was hoping
3: for one, but what they put in there really worked for me. Right. So, but yeah, I still before, kind of miss we, not
1: having it there.
3: <laughs> before we get away from the opening montage, um, one thing that the montage did really really well was, and I think we kind of touched on this, was that it it showed the scenes of from the comic book that the director really didn't have time to go into great detail of. And it was done very, very well.
1: Yeah, nice quick, mm-hmm. boom, there it is. And a lot of it was almost taken uh from like a photographer's point of view.
3: Right.
1: You know, the one guy getting dragged away to the psychiatrist. And, yeah. You yeah. Know, <laughs> right. It, it was just really well done. Um what kind of jumped out at me was how ridiculous these costumes looked in person though. Oh, I know. Especially the first what were they called? The Minutemen, I forget. The now. Minutemen, yep. Yep. They looked yeah. They look just absolutely retarded. Who did I mean, Justice it was just with the
2: Yeah. And and the Mothman, of course, is like those cheap little wings. What the hell? <laughs> yeah. Um, I
1: will say, you know, I, I'm reading a lot of reviews and the criticisms of this movie. And most of the criticisms that I've read, and I'm kind of a- ashamed for uh, the human race. Everyone seems to have a problem yeah. with the bl- big blue dong swinging around.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. But nobody you know, seems to have I was a problem. We, we, were talk, we were talking about the incredible level of violence and gore, and yeah, exactly. nobody, nobody goes, Oh, you know, really, it was too gory. They're going, Did oh, you see that guy's I, I, ankle get slashed This is a big, At least he wore full a, front he and wore a camp- piece in
3: But it was a, there was a blue dog. Yeah, it was <laughs> yeah. swinging. Um, wow. My problem and, with that,
1: and you, you just alluded to that, David, is that this is a movie that shows a rape.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah. This is a movie that someone gets a, a meat cleaver multiple times to the head. This mm-hmm. is a movie that has people exploding in the goriest way possible right. with gore and skeletal mm-hmm. and hanging from the ceilings. This is a movie that pregnant shows woman the shot aftermath. Uh, a pregnant woman shot yeah. dead. Uh, uh, a little girl uh, molested. You don't get to see that part. But right. the yeah. aftermath, her yeah. leg in this dog's mouth. And what are people complaining about? A blue a dong. Blue dog. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very ashamed of the human race right now. I'm sorry. I will take a blue dong, mm-hmm. even an IMAX Care- that's careful 20 how you stories say that. high, <laughs> in a movie. <laughs> careful how you say that, Jim. I, I would take that as a society over the rest of it any day. I find yeah, that, that more acceptable than, the, than this, the, the gore and the guts and the ultraviolence that this movie portrays.
0: Well, it, I, it, no it, it amazes me. But you know, I mean, obviously, you know, here here in the UK, I mean, we are we are known, you know, we are sometimes known for being, you know, a little bit sniggery and and that sort of thing about about uh, about that, and maybe not. I mean we're not puritan or anything but you know it's no, they uh, all moved over we here. have they a moved bit of a, here, boor- a reputation for being a bit a bit sometimes a bit bawdy and and having a laugh about those sorts of things mm-hmm. there were people sniggering around me when i saw the movie about uh, you know when you saw doctor manhattan naked and yet these same people weren't sitting there sniggering during the very graphic sex scene that occurred oh yeah during oh
1: yeah oh my
0: god <laughs> you know um, um, and the- and it does. It really does. It really does amaze me what how you know yeah. how people's attitudes are. Because thinking about it, you know, this is a guy who's been blown apart to a subatomic level, yep. right? And he manages to reform himself. It would make no sense for him to reform himself. You know, but make sure he covered up his genitals when he did that. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, it would it would be completely nonsensical. Yep, right. and you know, and they could have done the thing, you know, the Austin Powers thing where the angle was just such a way that you couldn't <laughs> see. The True. Trot. Yeah, you know, maybe you had, maybe had a salt cellar covering it up or something because <laughs> it was in the cafeteria. Yeah, but really, I mean, come on. Yeah, if that's
2: your problem. Well, and, and frankly, having read the comic book, it's true to the character. So absolutely, it yeah, absolutely, absolutely is. Yeah. And and I'll admit, the first time that you mm.
1: see him, and see—I mean, see him—you're mm. like, "Whoa!" Yeah. And you think, "Wow, they actually did it." I'm kind mm. of surprised. Yeah. And that's because in how cinema, can you measure up? We're we're not. Yeah. <laughs> we're uh, speak for yourself. Um,
3: yeah, yeah. Okay, sixty uh, foot in, Tim. in <laughs>
1: cinema. We're much more accustomed to the gore.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, we're we're more attuned to the violence of seeing that, mm-hmm. including rape and murder and this, the most despicable acts of humanity. Mm-hmm. But we're not used to seeing male genitalia on screen. We're just not used to seeing it. Mm-hmm. And That's so,
3: because it's ugly as compared to women's genitalia. Absolutely. I agree sure. with you there.
1: <laughs> I don't think you're going to get an argument anywhere yeah. on this podcast with four married men. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> um, but, you know... It, it does come to that puritan thing it, it's mm-hmm. you know people are so uptight about it it's like what's more acceptable mm-hmm. you know a, as a father it's much more acceptable for me to have my kids see that than all the blood and gore mm-hmm. yeah but I, I don't know i just think that the values of of not just the united states but everywhere that people are complaining about this is a little skewed when that's what you have a problem with yeah. not the blood not the gore not not the the everything else that's just bad in this movie mm-hmm. from a society standpoint, but that's what you have a problem with that. That mm-hmm. just kills me. It really does. So, okay. So anything else you guys want to talk about Watchmen before you wrap up this segment?
3: Oh yeah. There'll be probably be a bunch of things that I'll think of. Are you surprised
1: guy? You're the other big comic book guy here, right? Um, are you surprised that they've never done anything with these characters since then?
3: No, I'm not. Now, you know, Oh, actually, this was something I wanted to bring up. I, I don't know if you guys know this, but when the story was first being pitched to D.C., it was going to be Superman and Batman and yes. Wonder Woman and all the D.C. characters. And when D.C. first started getting the scripts in for the first couple of episodes, they kind of took a step back and said, ah. Uh,
1: well, yeah.
3: N- no, we, we really I- can't have – but you know, it was still, and- it was
1: Alan Moore who came and said, well, you guys own all these Carlton characters that you purchased, and you're, right. they're just sitting on a shelf not doing anything. And mm-hmm. they're That's just right. archetype characters anyway. Right. It, it's, you know, Superman is Dr. Mm-hmm. Manhattan, and Wonder right. Woman is this, and mm-hmm. the Batman is that. Um, well, all right, let's talk about
3: that for a second. Now, you know, if you're going to compare Batman, not the movie, but the character to anyone in Watchmen, who would it be?
2: Oh, God. There's, you know, the problem is the spliced character. You know, there's exactly. There's, there's, exactly. there's aspects of of Dan and Night Owl that look like Batman, but from a moral standpoint, he's more Morshack, like Rorschach Yeah, is much closer morally than Batman. than then I should say then I should should say Dan is.
3: No, I would agree with that. And you know, and I was just kind of I would have loved to have seen copies of the original scripts. That Alan Moore wrote with with the DC comic characters built into him.
0: I, I don't I don't know whether he got as far as actually writing you know full scripts with those characters. I think I think he proposed to use those originally, and then he then he proposed the Charlton characters and. Um you know, obviously DC were worried that the that the characters weren't going to be, you know, were effectively going to be dead to them after the after right. the thing was finished, and so convinced convinced him to to come up with his own sort of derivative versions of those characters. Um, you know, I I, I, I suppose-
3: what would it have been as good of a story? with dc characters as it was I, uh, with these other characters
0: the problem is is with uh, as as one, one of the things i always struggle with with comics is is, is the baggage you know it's the, the long really long convoluted continuity right. and and anytime you do anything controversial with a character who has that long continuity you'll always get somebody who says well that flies in the face of you know what issue happened in issue 432 yeah, exactly <laughs> and so so you know by having new characters at least you get away from that yeah, you and know, you know that's I, a, that's not
1: just comic books though. I mean, you run into the same problem with like diehard Star Trekkies. I mean, right. Yeah. You do anything that doesn't match do up not. the yeah, yeah, you do not.
2: With with, <laughs> no, the, you with don't. the last Trek timeline. Right, yeah. exactly.
1: <laughs> and let's talk about that for a second, guys. Real soon we're going to have a brand new Star Trek movie. Yeah. That to me looks simply fantastic.
3: Yeah. Everybody
1: yeah. I take it has seen the trailers a bit at this point. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was
1: very uh, dubious when I first saw who they had playing Kirk. And I thought, I don't know, William Shatner is Captain Kirk. I mean, regardless, mm-hmm. that's Captain Kirk. But the more trailers I see of this guy that they got, I think they made a really good decision. Yeah, they did. And uh, uh, the guy from Hero Sylar, mm-hmm. playing Plays Spock. Spock. I, yeah. That's a brilliant mm-hmm. piece of casting. Absolutely. Just brilliant.
3: And, and in the, some of the trailers they have out right now, you actually hear him, you know, saying more than just one or two words. Mm-hmm. And he's got he's got the inflection of Spock down to a T, mm-hmm, and I, mm-hmm. I can see why they decided to go ahead and and have Leonard Nimoy do this kind of voiceover cameo, or whatever it was that he's going to be doing, because... He's actually the way, in the movie. Yes, he is, but the Which, way that... The uh, way, I can't think of the actor's he, name, the guy that plays Siler in Heroes. The way he plays Spock is so very... And it's, this isn't you know a dig on the guy... He plays it so close to the way Leonard Nimoy did yep. that it, it just works. Yep. Now, I'm looking forward to seeing Simon Pegg in this as the engineer yeah, oh, Scotty. Yeah, I love Simon Pegg. Yeah. That yeah. is...
1: You know, you only see him in one of the trailers, and he says, yeah. I love this ship. And, I, love and I'm like, ship. oh my God, <laughs> he's going to work so well. Mm-hmm. So, what we're going to have to do is when this movie comes out, and I think we're a good month away or so.
2: Yeah,
3: Zachary Quinto is the guy that plays
1: yeah. Spock. Are, yeah. you,
2: are, are we a month away? Because Thanks. I heard it was pushed out till.
0: Whenever it's it is. A, um, it's, it's sometime in May, I think it's, yeah. it is. We, yeah.
1: we will, we will, we're going to have to have our Star Trek show.
0: Yeah, we will. And big it'll show. be about
1: that movie. And all the TV series. Now, I never read any of the Star Trek comic books, and I've read, awful. yeah, and I never read any of the. Well, I don't. I've read a couple of the books.
3: Some um, of the books were actually pretty good. Pretty good,
1: mm-hmm. but we're going to stick to the TV series and the movies that are that's coming out in the movies that we've already had. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't consider myself a Trekkie. Uh, I don't particularly like the original series that much. I um, mean
0: Trekker, right? Trekker? Trekker? Yeah, Trekker, Trekkie, <laughs> don't, don't even start with mm. all of that. Well, I'm just kidding. But we've got Mostly. a lot of
1: shows coming up. Uh, it's Uh yeah. This is not going to be the geek movie show, mm-hmm. and I think we kind of showed that today, that yes, we're right. talking about a movie, but we're also talking about a comic book. Uh, if it falls in the geek realm, we're going to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And, and yep. that's going to include technology at times, even though we run another website and another podcast that's all technology called MyMac.com. Um, I don't want to ignore technology completely on this show just because we have another platform to talk about that stuff.
0: Well, right? we, we, We've talked about, about maybe doing some stuff on netbooks, haven't we? And we've, we've also talked about maybe doing, uh, doing some stuff on e-book readers and those sort of things. Yep. So there'll be a little bit of tech. Um, you know, we, we haven't really done any TV stuff yet, and and we we really must must get into that. At some well, point I'm all well. caught up on Lost, so
1: we can do a law show because that show really started losing me last season. I was really getting bored mm-hmm. with it, but wow, they've done a good job this year. This well, season, and Lost last, is... last
2: last season did a fantastic job too, in my opinion. They got back to the core story, which in some respects you can see the influence of Watchmen even on that story.
1: Oh, absolutely, yeah.
2: That, that, Especially and- when I went back and read it last year, I'm like. Oh, my God, you can see how how influenced these guys were by Watchmen.
1: You know, it was funny. I saw who wrote the last episode of uh, Lost, mm-hmm. and uh, it's a comic book writer. And one of the comic books that Hurley is reading in the airport is his comic. So really? So I was just like, oh, I bet there's like 1% of the viewers who watched this show just got that reference, but that mm-hmm. was great. But there's a lot of other oh. comic books that I want to talk about. I mean, Why the Last Man, I think, was one of the best series that's come out in yeah, a that long was time and i was kind of sad to see it end but it needed to end it, it had uh, a, before it became a
3: parody of itself
1: exactly and you know before they started losing the uh, the the artist because that was the type of series that you have to have the same artist all the way through mm-hmm. uh Trans-Metropolitan is another one that i want to talk about eventually um i it, my favorite series of all time and a lot of people think that it's the Watchmen. it's actually not My favorite series of all time is Preacher. Um, I think that was just a brilliant series. And the writing and the art went together so well. And I love that story. So that's going to be another show eventually. But we're going to have to combine different elements. Yeah, well, you know, one show might be about comics, but it's not going to be just about Preacher or just about Mm -hmm. this, that, or the other, or just Spider-Man. We're going to have to combine stuff because otherwise it's – there's too many topics – that we're not going to ever get to, otherwise.
3: Yeah, before yeah. before we end with uh, Watchmen, let's get everyone's opinion. You know, yay or nay on the movie. Uh, I'll start it off. I'll say I I enjoyed the movie. Um, you've
1: heard a lot of negative about it from me today, but I actually I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a, a fantastic film. I don't want to grade it yet because I need to see it a couple more times to really get into it and that's not going to happen until Blu-ray comes out. And this is one movie that I am definitely blind on Blu-ray. I talked about this last week, or last show, um, and it holds true. This is a movie I'm going to get on Blu-ray. There's just no question. But I enjoyed it. I recommend it, Chad.
2: Yep, absolutely. I I enjoyed it. I'm actually going to see it again this week on the IMAX with my cousin. Um, The only thing I will say is that taking a little poll of the people at work there are two of us who were the comic book fans and enjoyed the movie there were two gals who had never read the comic book no familiarity with the story and thought it was a little bit long-winded and boring
0: yeah i could see that yeah this is this is a movie that was made for the fans I, i i definitely would would concur with that i i mean i having having read having read the comic i really enjoyed the movie um you know there were some things that that could have worked better for me but i think generally it pretty much captured the spirit of the story if not you know all the nuance but i did i did sort of come out there thinking mm, if, if, if anybody comes to see this who's never read the comic they may really find it's not overly accessible and may wonder perhaps what all the fuss is about so um you know i, I would i would suggest really any anybody i know who, who says oh we're gonna go see Watchmen," i would say to them you know do yourself a favor and um go and pick up a copy of the novel, a graphic novel and read that first before right. you go. Yeah. Guy?
3: Uh, I would say that I, I would give this movie a uh, an A-. minus. There were certain parts of it that I felt were either not explained well. Uh, I, I didn't like the way the actor portrayed Ozy- Ozymandias. Um, I thought that his character was really not fleshed out to the point that it was in the comic book, which of course was was what Made the movie, or what made the. Well, he's a
1: bad guy slash good guy. I mean, right. that that was one character that because they didn't really explain him too well, I think for the layman out there who's never read the comic, really isn't going to get it as well. Mm-hmm. If they would no. have spent another 10 minutes on his story alone well, and, just and the cut fact out that, some I mean, of the blood and gore,
3: if, I think if it you would look have been a if, better if movie. You, if you look at his character, you know he, he, was, he was an orphan from wealthy parents, and he gave away everything that he owned to prove that he could come up from nothing. And you know, in the comic book or in the, the graphic novel, they, they really explain his character and show his motivation and show why he's doing what it is he's doing. In the movie, it just seems like he's this rich, bored guy who decided to become a superhero and kill a lot of people. And you know that part of it really didn't work for me, but having read. The graphic novel, I was willing to just kind of let that slide. Overall, loved the movie. I plan to see it again this weekend. And I would highly recommend it to anybody else. So, any shows? Anybody got an idea what we're going to do on our
1: next show in two weeks? Because I haven't planned that far ahead myself. Anybody got a a topic you would like us to uh, talk about? Chain smoking. Chain smoking.
0: That's the, the so somebody in the chat room is complaining about the smoking, and um, yeah, you know, and, and, <laughs> everyone, and I, told them, All I say is everyone's a critic, yeah. yeah. I, and I wrote back,
1: bite me, but B Y T E, <laughs> yeah, bite me. Yeah, um, I don't usually chain smoke, but for some reason, when I'm doing the podcast, I just do so. Um, is chat Chad making you nervous? Oh, it, yes, yeah. no, yeah, it's it's Chad
2: he shouldn't have worn the short shorts but you know um (laughs) the short shorts i can't even see the bottom part of me i'm just just wearing my cod piece so (laughs) yes but does he have a blue dong (laughs)
1: we we talked about um last week what this show was going to be but of course those plans were changed when i realized watchman comes out between the last show and this show and um I'm kind of glad because I'm getting a little tired of talking about superheroes and movies. Mm-hmm. But yeah. one of the things I do want to talk about, Guy, and, and I think you'll be uh, big time into this, is best superhero movie that's never been made. Ooh. Uh. Yeah. Well, I, let's not do I,
3: that tonight. No. no.
1: But I'm seeing stuff like The Flash and, and you know, there's a lot of movies out there. I know a lot of people right now are talking about the Thor movie getting back kicked back another year. Yeah, that's and, okay with me. And everyone's saying, oh, they can't do a Thor movie. It's just not going to work. I disagree. I think a Thor movie could be brilliant, if done mm-hmm. right. And uh, yeah. as long as he doesn't have an English accent, I've never understood that in, in the comic well, books. Well, <laughs> maybe,
3: maybe he should talk like this. Well, if you want to be historically <laughs> well, okay, accurate. If you really you are know, a Norse guy,
0: yes, you probably you should. My name is Thor, and I have the blonde hair. That's right. That's right. Let's, have, let's have the Ikea Thor, where he builds his <laughs> <story>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. It's Number not a king. One it's a comment of the evening
3: goes to David.
0: Uh. Number
3: one comment of the evening goes to him. <laughs> something, to
0: ch- something. In the chat room's just gone book, book, boy yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The, the Swedish Chef for her
1: uh, Pat suggested Doc Savage, the Man of Bronze. I think that's. I don't know. I don't. I don't see anybody doing that anytime soon because it, it's, it's a limited character. And that's I don't think people. there's a, a a lot of appeal for for that character out there right now. You know, that's more of a 50s when they couldn't really do a whole lot with special effects. Mm-hmm. What are they going to do now, painting bronze? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah it doesn't really work. Oh my, Doc, you're bronze. <laughs> you're bronze, ooh.
3: <laughs> Better um, than blue, baby.
1: Yeah, I don't know. There, there's a lot of different movies out there that could be made out of the... the and when I say comic book, I don't necessarily mean superheroes. Um, because... Obviously, the the most popular comics out there right now are superhero comics. But there's a lot of movie or a lot of comics that have. And in fact, I said it earlier. The Why the Last Man? Oh, let's go back to Watchmen for a minute, guys.
3: Okay. One okay. of the reasons
1: that I asked Chad to come over tonight is back when we I was doing the MyMac podcast at Chad's house every week. Uh, we would take these little smoke breaks between the segments, and and we would talk about stuff. And Watchmen came up quite a bit, Chad. Mm-hmm. And we agreed, well, at least I, I think we agreed, that really the only way to do this justice would be like a four or five miniseries right, on, on HBO. Right, on HBO or something right, like that. Right, where they could really flesh out the story. And maybe even 12 episodes. for. So each mm-hmm. episode would be... You know one comic but although no, like i don't a, know like if a so,
3: sopranos type yeah of thing. exactly
1: yeah. although i don't know if it'd have to be one hour each they couldn't do a two hour per per comic There's just not enough material no. there mm-hmm. but do you think chad after seeing the movie after reading the comic book and having those discussions for years mm-hmm. do you think that the movie was the way to go or do you think that maybe they should have gone the miniseries route
2: i i still say it should have been a miniseries yeah I think you lose a lot of the Detail. unfolding of the story. I mean, you don't... It, it's like the first half of the movie is kind of just about the superheroes and what's going on and you know, burying the comedian and then all of a sudden everybody kind of wakes up and goes, oh my God, we've got to figure this out. And all of a sudden we're in Ozymandias' office hacking into his Macintosh computer and we figure out that it's him. Yes. And I think the other thing that you brought out earlier is the entries from Rorschach's journal. You do not... You don't get the fact that he is so far off base. Right, he is way off base in the comic book. He's not even
1: close. Yeah, Uh, he puts some of the pieces together Mm -hmm. that leaves him on the right track. Dan
3: figures it
1: out. Uh, Yes, absolutely. But you don't get that in the movie at all. Right, because you kind of feel that Rorschach figured this out, and and he's the Mm -hmm. guy that he's never the guy that figures it out because he's just so far off base.
2: Right.
3: Well, in 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 the uh, in the graphic novel, Rorschach is just kind of walking around the office, looking at stuff, while Dan is trying to hack into Ozymandias' computer, and, and and it's not even the computer that gives him the
1: answers. He mm-hmm. he starts putting it together in his head. He's like, wait a minute, this company is owned by this company, mm-hmm. and then right. this company. In in the movie, it's like he clicks, clicks, clicks. Mm-hmm. Oh, look, there's the
2: company. Pure oh, Industries mu- is owned by him. Yeah. yeah, and oh it right. must and, be him and, then. And
3: supposed who supposedly is the smartest guy in the world, has all these files linking him to this horrible event in an unlocked drawer. Okay. Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> in the right.
1: comic book, he you, you see the process that mm-hmm. Owlman goes through to make the connection. Mm-hmm. Even though they still don't know what the end game is. Right. They no. know that all these events are tied into this. Pyramid mm. Industries. Yeah, and you know they they find out where he's at because of what they learn. Uh, How right. in the movie? I don't even remember in the movie they figure out where he's at. They don't. They just all of a sudden, oh, we're going
3: to Antarctica. See ya, bye.
1: Yeah, and yeah. they go to Antarctica. <laughs> well, no, no. Like, it
3: was. It was, Every everybody already knew about. Ozymandias' fortress. That's right. Of the end, and and, 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 and
1: yeah. in, the, in the comic book, it was a fortress of Unknown. solitude that nobody yeah. knew where it was.
3: Nobody knew about it. And it was just him, Bubastus, and those three Asian guys.
1: Now, yeah. do you miss the... the One of my favorite episode, or uh, issues for the Watchmen series was the Dr. Manhattan origin. They did a lot of it in the movie, Flashback. but they didn't do it the way that they did in the comic. It's such and such, and... I'm here, mm-hmm. and in five minutes the sand is, or in, in 1993 or 1983 the sand is falling through my fingers, and mm-hmm. that whole long. Yeah. I'm going jumping... to drop the
3: picture, and I've already done it five minutes in the future, and, you know, right. and yeah, exactly. And they they sort of do it, but they they don't do it to the to to where the the graphic novel had it, because that was that was almost like that entire issue. It was that entire yeah, issue, right? Or well, it's Doctor right. Manhattan talking about okay, well in 1957 I'm just joining this team. Right, at it's, it's issue 11, isn't it? Yeah, and it it's right and before it's, they go yeah. back to
2: New York. And, and he, of course, you know they had to compress that for the movie, but it was much more, much more arranged like a flashback than right, like really demonstrating what his real perception of reality really was.
1: Right, that everything exists at the same time for him. Yeah.
2: But it's his, his perception of going
1: back in time, in his mind, in the story Mm -hmm. that leads him to the point where Laurie convinces him to save humanity. Mm -hmm. Um, You don't really get that in the movie very well. He's just like, the events that led to your birth is a miracle.
3: And At at the same time, something they added to the movie that wasn't in the comic book was his whole, you know, I touch you on the face and you can relive all these past events. That's Mm -hmm. not what he did in the graphic novel. Mm -hmm. All he did in the graphic novel was was used like certain key phrases which would make you become introspective of yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It wasn't an outside force that he was doing to you to, to make you remember these things. It was, you know, well, wasn't it really kind of like this? You know, and then Laurie or whoever it is that he's talking to would go back and start thinking about these things. Yeah, mm-hmm. it,
1: it, it. there's a lot of... <laughs> differences between the movie and the comic. I, I I will go back and say that the actor who played Rorschach mm-hmm. seemed to be born for the role. Yeah. Uh his name yeah. is um Jackie Earl Haley. Yep.
2: Yeah.
1: And I knew this beforehand, but I thought that this was kinda of funny. Did you know, David, that this is the actor that when he was a child he had the lead role in the Bad News Bears opposite uh Walter Matthau?
0: Well, I, I'd read that, but I—I'd I, not. I mean, I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have placed him. For he does, it, no, you he know. doesn't even
1: look like that anymore. No. Obviously, he was—he was a teenager then. But if you look in his eyes, you could kind of see that. Oh, okay, I, I can see that. Mm. That's who he is. Um, but was, yeah, was he, a great he role. was.
0: He was he was absolutely amazing, this movie. Unfortunately, I mean, he'll never really
1: be was. able to reprise it. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah. True. You know, somebody, asking, somebody
3: actually asked me this earlier today. Somebody at work asked me, what well, do you think they're going to do a sequel? And I thought about that for about two seconds and said, wow. good God, I hope not.
1: Yeah, somebody in our uh, chat room, and I don't think we actually said this, um, user 37565 five, six, five. is asking, what is better, the movie or the comic, Chad? Comic. David? I think the comic. Guy, I know you're going to say comic. Yeah. yeah. And so will I. I think it's unanimous. I think anybody who reads the comic and sees the movie will definitely say the comic book is better. Even if you saw the movie first and then read the comic, the movie will make more sense to you after reading the book. Right. And, yeah. and,
2: and that's I think it's true of any really good piece of literature. Yes. It's never going to translate into film as well as it does on the page.
1: Well, you say that, but... I read the, uh, what's the Matt Damon role at uh, Born Supremacy and all those movies? Oh, yeah. I read yeah. the first two books of that series, and I thought they were completely boring. Mm-hmm. The character wasn't sympathetic at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, the way he kidnaps the girl in the first one, mm-hmm. it, it was just real brutal, and he mm-hmm. really didn't care anything about her. I thought the movie was much better than the book. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Okay, well, yeah, same, same, same thing with Forrest Gump, if you've ever read that book. I didn't even know there was a book.
2: Forrest oh Gump. yeah, it was. It yeah, was, yeah. Forrest was, the,
3: the character, the character in the book, uh, Forrest Gump, is a completely unsympathetic kind of character. He's really an asshole. Whereas you know Tom Hanks plays him as this you know yeah very I'm lovable kind of, character. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of stupid, but you know stupid is a stupid does sir you know so you you can't always go by an author's intent when you're trying to translate a piece of work. Into a movie, but the problem with trying to translate something like The Watchman as compared to the Born Supremacy or Forrest Gump is that the Watchman as a comic book or as, a, was as already a, visual as a graphic novel yeah. is a very is very very visual yeah. and the director the, the one thing or one of the things that the director did very, very well was that he took certain iconic scenes from the graphic novel and translated those almost directly
1: well onto- there's there's
3: only one other movie that's
1: ever done this so let me ask you which has done a better job of uh going from a comic to a movie sin city or the watchman they both did basically the same thing instead of storyboards they used the comic
0: um Snyder? didn't Zack Snyder, who directed this, do the same with 300? True, yes.
1: Yeah. But 300 is just not as well known. Um, So I'd I'd rather use Sin City as an example. Okay. Frank Miller, the writer and artist of of Sin City, was there through the entire process of Mm -hmm. making that movie. Dade Gibson was there a lot during... The Watchmen and Dave Gibson, of course. For those who don't know, was the artist on the series, right? They, they weren't going to get the writer because he's kind of <laughs> no. an ass about the whole thing. Yeah. Um. What? Which one do you think is a better translation? I have to say, as much as I like The Watchmen, I think Sin City was a better translation. If, if you're
2: going for a cell to celluloid comparison, then yes, Sin City is is much better because there are there are scenes. Right out of the comic, where it looks like the, like he just made the comic book, and Mickey Rourke yeah, well, played they, Mars. They essentially perfectly. they essentially
3: used used the uh, Frank Miller's uh, Sin City book as the storyboard. Well, right. they did the same thing in Watchmen. Watchmen. Yeah, true. Well, yeah. not to the same extent. No, but and I, they, I th- they made I a lot Sin more City changes. Definite, mm-hmm. Sin City definitely. For, you know, as Chad was saying, the, the translation from comic book to movie was, was definitely a, a better translation of the original material. What do you think, David?
0: Um, I, I think Sin City work, probably works as a better translation of the comic, uh, but I think they, they made some... With the movie, they made some stylistic choices that kind of really echoed the comic more right. than, than than Watchmen did. Um, I, think, I think, you know, what... Going back to what I was saying before, I think what Watchmen had working against it is the incredible depth and, and nuance that was built into yeah, it. And you that know, just there's, there's, yeah, this doesn't You just can't. It, well, yeah, you. you and, as and good a
3: writer just, as, as Frank Miller is.
0: Yeah, I don't think he, Frank Miller is that great of a
1: writer. Well, I think he gets a lot more credit than is due. I mean, he didn't take these characters. you got to give credit to Alan Moore. He usually takes characters that had almost no history. And does something completely different with them. Whereas Frank Miller takes characters like Batman and Daredevil and, uh, to a certain extent, Ronan and Spider-Man. And and he puts his own twist on it, but it's still a character that was already created. If you look at Frank Miller's original work, uh, 300 isn't even really original. He's taken that on a fable that's been around for Mm. hundreds of years. Um, Sin City is probably his most original work. And it's not that great of a comic. I mean, I enjoy it, but I don't think it holds candle to the Watchmen. Right. I don't think no. it holds a candle to Powers or the Boys. I like it. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, another question for you guys: Who do you think did a better job, Jackie Earl Haley as Rorschach, or Mickey Rourke as Marv?
0: Oh, that, now that's really tough. Yeah, um, that really is. That the only thing I would say is that. Um, you know, again, going back to what you just said about about the story, um, you know, Marv was a is a is a. I mean, he's got he's got his complications, but you know, he was fairly easy to play in terms right. of you know how he how he acts in the story. Whereas mm-hmm. I think you know the thing about Rorschach is you need to you've you've got to you've got to be able to as an actor you've got to be able to project an, an immense amount of depth to the character, and not only that you've got to be able to project that without. Without being able to see your face,
1: exactly, right? Well, and, and, and so, I,
0: to yeah. me, that is really the is the masterpiece that that that, 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 that the, 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 the the movie version of Rorschach does you can't see his face. Mm. All you can see is these moving black blobs. He wears this mm. this mask that gives him his name. It's, it looks mm. like ink blots. So. You can't see his face directly, and despite that, you understand, you know, just from the way he holds himself, the way he moves and everything, exactly what his motivations are at all times. Yeah. And, and you know, really, to me, is is a, is a masterpiece. It really is. Well, and I think there's a certain degree
2: of menace you have to portray with both characters, which with Marv is fairly easy because part of it is his physical size. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's just he's huge. huge. Yeah. Whereas, you know, Rorschach, even when you see him on the movie... Is not a physically big person, but you know people are scared of him because he's half. But they're both on a very similar
1: mission. They're both trying to find an answer to a vexing problem. They're both going after a bad guy, Mm -hmm. and they're both kind of bad guys themselves. Marv is not a superhero, no, but he does some very super heroic things Mm -hmm. during the course of the movie and the comic. Um, and, And let's be honest, he gets messed up way more than Rorschach until the very end when Rorschach's basically exploded. Mm -hmm. Although, I don't know, would you rather be exploded or electrocuted? electrocuted? (laughs) (laughs) I think I might go with exploded. (laughs) Um, I don't know. I I, I thought Mickey Rourke was brilliant as Marv. Mm -hmm. I never would have picked him for that role. And they did put a lot of prosthetics on his face to make him look like Marv. But I think that's much more of a complex character than you guys might be giving him credit for. If you go back and watch that movie, there's some depth to him that, mm-hmm. you know, he, he gets confused. I think mm-hmm. he gets a little confused in the comic book better, where right. You know he thinks the girl's twin sister is, her, is Goldie, and yeah. he's like, oh, Goldie, and she smacks him, and he's like, I'm, so, I'm sorry. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Take your pills, Marv. I, I, I'm really sorry. Um, I don't know. Oh, there's a uh, the girl who gets her arm chopped off in Sin City is also the play- lady who plays the older Silk Spectre in Watchmen. Oh, really? Yeah, I just made that yeah. connection. I forgot about that. Anyways. Okay, we're going to wrap up the show. I think we've gone off enough tangents. Yep. And uh, we got to figure out what our next show is going to be about, but we'll figure that out during the coming yeah, week. Yeah, we we got two weeks. Yep. If you guys can go up to iTunes and subscribe to this podcast, we'd appreciate it. I know most of you are listening to it through the MyMac podcast. That's going to end very soon, so if you're getting it through the MyMac.com feed, um and you still want to hear the show, you have to go up to iTunes and subscribe to the Geekiest Show Ever there. we'd Or appreciate get it, it off
3: the website. Or get it
1: off the website, uh, geekiestshowever.com. Uh, we'd also like it if you guys could possibly go up and give us a review on the iTunes site. That would be great. And we're looking for feedback. Um, Big you know, time. Yeah, I know we got yep. feedback from the last show, guys, but we're at an hour and a half already, so we'll save the what feedback week? for like the next, or next show. next week. Yeah. For our next two weeks. Two next, weeks from now. Two weeks from now, yeah. So... We will see everyone later. If you guys want to hear more from us, check out MyMac.com. You'll find our other show there. It's a little bit more focused, a lot shorter. (laughs) No. Uh, But basically the same people. (laughs) So we're out of here. Thanks, Guy, David, and Chad. See you.